Welcome to the How Scary Is It podcast, a podcast in which we watch a scary movie and then we talk about it. And then what do we do, Brie? We tell you how scary is it? Yes, we do. This is a strictly horror movie podcast. And, uh, you know, we've been watching a lot of horror movies lately and trying to determine how scary things are. And the last time we were here sitting in the booth, chatting and gabbing about we we were scared. We were we were very scared. We, it was very scary. We had to like. Oh no! Turn, I've been skinnamaringed. <laughs> we've been joking about the movie since we saw it, but well, all, there's that Twitter account that does like the AI voice generations of Biden, and it's like my fellow Americans. I'm trapped in the skinnamarink house. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> so we've been kind of making those jokes and. Um, but that movie was scary. So he, we're back with a with a new one. Before we even start, though, how are you? Oh, Bree, I'm good. I think not really. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's been a well. So okay, why don't we provide a little bit of um, very vague context into um, something bad happened? Yeah, we were dealing with a personal thing uh, for our family, and sad happened. Um, so we had to take a week off and we didn't really have time nor the motivation at that point to uh, re- watch any scary movies and record a podcast and like have an upbeat energy. Um, but we're back now mm-hmm. and it's a week. We took a week break and we're back. Um, so how, I, you know, you asked how I am. How are you? You know, I'm getting there. You know, like when something... When something bad happens in your personal life and you're sad for a while, like still kind of sad, I'm like, I'm misting right now. No, Ugh. that's okay. Um, you're just trying to get back to normal. And I, I feel like I've gotten back in my workout routine. I canceled my workout today just because we were supposed to get a snow. And I would like to say, where is it? Yeah, snow. Hello. Where, where are, are you? you? <laughs> we, all, we both had um, e-learning days I know. Today. I had to like endure the torturousness that is e-learning mm-hmm. which is getting on zoom I, with well, so first I, graders i didn't have to do like zoom or anything but you had to do zoom and i had to listen to you do zoom and oh my gosh one of my students so, came, sometimes it was hilarious one of my students came <laughs> in it was like i finished my work yeah and then, then just left the left the zoom i was dying when that happened I was dying because it was like somebody just came in. You're like, oh, hello, so-and-so. And then they're like, I finished my homework. Ah! <laughs> like, scream like a mad person. And that's that student, I I love her. I love her. She reminds me of me when I was like that age. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting a taste of my own medicine. I'm I'm figuring out what it was like for my you, teacher. You have to teach you. <laughs> I was like, I was figuring out what it's like. What was I like for my teacher? I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. My poor teacher. Oh I often my God. think about like how I was when I was in like, um, oh shoot, what happened? Are we good? I think we're good. We good? Our our camera is going in and we out. Usually, we don't we, we usually, don't use the camera anyway, but it's an indicate. Uh, it's an indication that the 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 thing we use to record the podcast is like having trouble, but we look to be fine. Yeah, um, you know we're messing with the camera right now. We used to do video podcasts, and I don't do that anymore. It's too much work. Anyway, I think we're okay. So Me we're going to operate business as normal, assuming that we're okay and assuming the audio is fine. So anyway, 
Um, I was saying, like, I always think about how, as a teacher now, how was I when I was in um, elementary school, middle school, etc. I was annoying as hell, man. I know. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Now I that I'm a teacher, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I, I, have a re- I have one really smart child who asks, like, the most thought-provoking questions but speaks so slowly. And I'm like, get it out. Get it out. To <laughs> <laughs> t- today, Junior. I but it was it was a good day. I my student teacher did most of the work. I mean, I had to do the bulk of like figuring. You were still doing stuff I was, in there. I was doing a lot of it because I, there was a moment where I noticed you step in, and it was you were doing like office hours. So when the kids would come in and ask you questions about their homework or something. And uh, the one kid was getting help from the student teacher. And for randomly, he just says, my sister, what does he, what does he say? My sister keeps bothering me or something. And my student teacher doesn't know how to respond to that. And he was that. like, what? Yeah, my, <laughs> my, student, my student teacher doesn't know how to respond to things like that. And I'm like. But you stepped in. I stepped in. And I said, I know. I think it's because your, your sister is done with her work and she wants to play. But, you know, you're still working on your work. So we got to focus for a little bit longer. And it's we'll like finish the kid it. thought like over the computer, y'all can do something. I'm like, about I'm not going to yell at your sister. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on Tuesday, I might yell at your sister. Why Are, you Are they in the same sister? class? No, her sister is a year older than her. This is the family where they just had mom just had a baby like not too long ago. And mom has had three girls. Fun. That's like another family I had last year where mom had three girls and finally they had a boy. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh, I could barely have one. So good luck for oh, you. Oh, God, I just heard Kaido squeak one of his toys. Usually I take all of his squeaky toys away from him. I must have forgot one. <laughs> Probably the banana. So if you hear him squeaking, I'm sorry. I can't, um, can't tame that beast. But it was a good day. I mean, I we got some Duncan in the morning. He didn't pay me back for the Duncan. That's like, true. Like a butt. Um, I I've been having a really rough week this week. Because the kids keep giving him problems they keep plagiarizing Just disappointed they keep doing that thing where you tell them that you'll get expelled in college for doing and then they keep doing it and you're like okay then get expelled in college and that's what i would just get go ahead get expelled i mean so my um my one of a couple of my senior government classes we have this like big independent research paper that's due at the end of the quarter and we're nearing the end of the quarter right now so the paper's due it's due the other day and I'm grading them and I'm reading them and all of a sudden I'm finding like multiple instances where people are just straight up copying and pasting from online encyclopedias or um, I, I make a big emphasis with these papers to do APA style citations when you write because as I tell them in most disciplines aside from like history or anything that's English related or language arts related um APA is pretty much what you're going to use in college, so you have to practice it. And um, no, I make it a requirement to do the works cited page and to do your research before you write the paper, like well before you write the paper. So it's just easy to embed those in-text citations in there. And then I got kids that are not putting in in-text citations. They're not putting in the effort. And I get that we're seniors in like May or March right now, but like, come on, guys. <sighs> 
You're I killing know. me here. Like you're digging your own grave because you know I'm a stickler about that stuff. So, I know. so it's just been it's been tough week for the both of us. I'm just I was like super upset. Over I'm just it the like other day. super tired. I'm still recovering from the personal issue from last week, and I I kind of have been craving like some more like relaxation time. And I have a three day weekend. He doesn't, but I do. And so I'm just gonna relax, hang out with the puppies because yeah, we're, we're gonna- house sitting for his mom and his uh, mom's puppies so i get to hang out with my dog and two other dogs kaido claire claire and fred (laughs) yeah we're excited about that it's a little staycation for us um we're gonna bring some board games we're gonna watch some one piece which we've been watching a lot of one piece she just like I think you're hearing a plane. I know. <laughs> you got like spooked for a second. The, the damn Skinnamarink house. <laughs> I was like, the windows have disappeared. But yeah, you know, we've been watching a lot of One Piece lately, trying to catch up on where we left off a couple years back when we um, we were watching it. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We've been ju- it's just been a rough week for the both of us in different ways, I think. But I'm glad we got we're getting a little bit of relaxation time coming up. And we watched a pretty good movie. Today. So what did we watch, Anthony? So today um, we watched the movie My Bloody Valentine, 1981's My Bloody Valentine, which they did is do a remake of it. But I heard 2007. But I heard it was like different. I thought 2009. Was it 2009? Yeah. I get my years. That era blurs together for me a little bit. Well, anyway, I heard like they changed like the antagonist. What? So like same concept or like diff- just different names for the characters? I'm not even sure. Mm, we'll have to do some investigation. I don't know if I want to watch it because mm. this one was pretty okay. Mm. I feel like that one's not going to be as okay. Um, so... My Bloody Valentine, 1981 slasher film directed by George Michalka. I think I pronounced that right. Um, starring Paul Kelman, Lori Haler, and Neil Affleck, which I saw his name in the credits and I said, oh, are you part of the Affleck family? He is not part of the Affleck family. However, I did find upon further research that Neil Affleck, um, after doing this movie um, years later, became an animator for a couple of different cartoons including but not limited to Rocco's Modern Life, The Simpsons and Family Guy. Interesting. Yeah, super cool, right? The char- the guy who plays Axel in the movie uh, ends up becoming a a pretty well-known animator. So, um the movie follows a group of young adults. I thought that they were initially I was like they're their age is ambiguous because they were talking about going to this dance. And I'm like, who wants to go to a dance other than like a bunch of high schoolers? And then they're in a bar drinking beer. So I was like, well, they got to be of age to drink beer. So they're not high schoolers, but they're kind of college aged. But it follows this group of young adults uh, in a mining town who uh, some of them work in the mining shaft that are dealing with this mythical legend of this guy named Harry warden 
um, who killed a bunch of people 20 years ago and is maybe No, back. so what, he didn't even... Ki- like, what happened was 20 years ago, he got, like, stuck in a mine shaft. He had to eat, like, his friends. And he then, was in there for six weeks, they said. Yeah, and so when they found him, he was, like, crazy. And then on the anniversary of when it happened the next year, he killed the people who were at fault in that accident. Yep. So I mean, kill a couple guys. Oh, and by the way, I did look up the 2009 one. Yeah, you looked as you as I was reading the plot synopsis of the movie, you looked pretty shocked. So what? Well, you find? Axel is a character in the 2009 one. Okay, is TJ? I'm is not... Harry Warden? It's like the same kind of concept, but like, okay, all the characters, Hollis, blah blah blah. blah the antagonist is changed to a different character. It's not but, Harry Warden? Well, no. Harry Warden is still like... What do you mean the antagonist? It's still the mining guy, right? It's still the mining guy, but like the big reveal is different at the end. So, well, just tell me. Spoilers. Sorry. There's, don't don't if listen. If you haven't watched the 2009 remake of My Bloody Valentine. It's some guy named Tom. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Tom. <laughs> I was like, What? But Axel is a character. But and Harry Warden is a character. Well, he's still like part the, of the legend. Yeah. But Axel is not no. the antagonist. No. But he's in the movie. So did they switch TJ with Tom and make Tom the antagonist? I'm not even sure. I haven't read. Oh my I god! Read I don't know movie. if I care. Enough. I don't know if I care enough. Okay. <laughs> but, um. So, you know, before we get into the movie, we're going to do some spoilerish territory. The movie came out in 81, so I'm not sure if anybody really cares about the spoilers Probably right now. Not. But uh, if you don't want the movie spoiled for you, I would suggest at um, around the 15, we're around the 15 minute mark right now, pause it, go watch the movie, My Bloody Valentine, 1981. Not My Bloody Valentine in 2009 because it sounds like it changed a lot. Watch the OG version, the one from the 80s. Come back to us and then you can listen to our spoilery conversation about My Bloody Valentine 1981. What... uh, what are you looking at right now? Where you? I'm. Or, I'm. This. This is a different movie. A completely different movie. I feel like it has the same like premise, but it's a different movie. I'm like reading it, and I'm like, that's a different movie. They no com- wonder they got bad reviews. It's a different movie. It's also 3D. My oh, oh no! It was like super 3D. It was oh in the 3D craze. no! Gross! Yeah. I hated the 3D craze. I know, but this movie, My Bloody Valentine '81, comes into another craze not a 3d craze slasher movie craze it's a it's a slasher movie craze but not only a slasher movie craze a holiday themed slasher movie craze um in the early 80s like post halloween there was a lot of movie producers and movie companies that were trying to capitalize on the success of carpenter's halloween friday the 13th we talked about last time which uh was one of them the immediate capitalization on the very simplistic nature of Carpenter's Halloween using a holiday themed title, making a movie about a slasher, um, you know, the basics. And then Friday the 13th is a bit successful. And so like everybody's trying to make holiday themed slasher movies. So we have my bloody Valentine. You have things like April fool's day. Um, you have new year's evil black Christmas, 
think I, I think Black Christmas actually comes out before, but I'm not I'm not sure. Um, but it's this slasher movie craze, but it's holiday themed movies, and um, we were watching this, and we were thinking, this is like pretty similar to Halloween. I thought I was like, this <laughs> is like fucking I was Halloween. Like, I was like, this is Halloween because it like it can't. There's like a lot of the same. It's like a lot of the same plot. It's a lot of the same like beat for beat. Oh, I shouldn't say beat for beat, but a lot of the same beats in the plot. Mm-hmm. So like you have a guy, a crazy guy who might have escaped an insane asylum that's going around killing young adults. You have something that deals it, it deals with it on a holiday. You have uh, the mayor and the police chief running hunt, around, running trying, around hu- the town hunting, trying this not to make anybody worry because exactly. they won't be able to get the guy if everyone goes crazy. Yeah, and then I noticed something that because I've never seen this movie before. This is my first viewing of this, surprisingly, because I'm like, man, I love horror movies. And I told Brie, I'm like, man, I'm so glad like we got to watch a classic like 80s slasher movie that I haven't seen before. Um, and e- there's even like I noticed at the like starting the third act of the movie or maybe into the second act um, when they start saying, oh, we're going to have this big party on Valentine's Day. And since our dance got canceled, we're going to have this big party and nobody's going to like the police, the townspeople, the adults in the community. They're not going to know about what we're doing, but it's going to be us kids at this party. You know what other movie does that? And I'm wondering if it's a reference to My Bloody Valentine. What? Scream. Scream does that at the last act of the movie at Stu's party. And it's where you can get all of your cast together in an enclosed space so that the killer doesn't have to run around town killing everybody or they can just yeah have it and i'm wondering if that's like a direct reference to my bloody valentine i would have to watch some of these other 80s slasher movies to see like if that is kind of a reference or if that's um just something that was a trope in a lot of these movies well let's get into it because like I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. You're ready. I'm ready. You're ready. She's really just hungry and she wants to eat dinner and want to get through this. Um, she really. But just we're gonna have fun in our a conversation. Hungry lady. I know. I'm excited to talk we, about this we, one because there was a lot of interesting things. I I pulled Anthony aside. I took a shower after we watched this. I come out of the shower. What's the first thing I said? You know what this movie did well? I like that you were reflecting on it. For I was like yeah. A I was bit. like I was like taking a shower, <laughs> reflecting on me. Like you know what they did well? Like where we criticized Friday the Thirteenth for um, introducing the killer in like the last like ten minutes of the movie, and it was someone who we never met before. Mm-hmm. Whereas in My Bloody Valentine. We have known the killer since the beginning of the movie. That's how it's supposed to be. Like, that's that's how you operate a mystery, right? Like it's supposed to be. Well, first of all, we're supposed to be under the notion for like pretty much the entire movie that it is this Harry Warden guy. But they do shroud it in a little bit of mystery because there's scenes where they're like calling the insane asylum that Warden is supposed to be at. And they're saying, well, Harry Warden like isn't on our record so either he got transferred or he's dead and um like that's the first clue of they want us to believe he's got out they're like yes. he's either 
that he was either released, transferred, or dead. Right. So, like, a good mystery is supposed to be the killer could be, it could be any one of us. Ooh. <laughs> We're all trying to find the guy who did this, you know? And, um, Anthony thinks that everyone knows his references. I love I Think to, You Should Leave. <laughs> to Tim Robinson's I Think You Should We're Leave. We're all trying to find the guy who did. That's pretty much what Axel um, says throughout this entire first movie. Of all, it's so funny, that scene from I Think You Should Leave. The hot dog? He's he's dressed in a hot dog suit and he crashes a hot dog car into a building. <laughs> and he comes out and he's like, well, we're all just trying to figure out who did It could this. be any one of us. And they're like, well, you're in the hot dog suit. Um, So... You know, that's what's supposed to be in a mystery where it could, it's like it's one of the cast members. It's it's somebody that we've met before because you, you feel a little faked out as the audience member when it's Betsy Palmer and it she shows up the last time in the last 10 minutes of the movie. And it's like, oop, it's me. They're like, who Which, are you? That's a little bit more realistic of a thing where it's like it could be literally anybody and not even somebody in the main cast. But in terms of like structuring a movie with like a who done it it needs to be somebody that's in the main cast so for example like scream does that very well and now that i'm thinking about it i think scream draws a lot from my bloody valentine um scream does that very well where it's like the killer is somebody that's close to sydney that has knowledge of sydney or knowledge of sydney's past so when it becomes billy and stew at the end you can even go back and you can pinpoint when it's Billy and when it's Stu in the movie. Because of who was talking to her at that moment and yes. knows that piece of information. And even like the body language of the characters, like they do a very good job at like planting the seeds of that stuff so that when the reveal happens, we as the audience are like, oh, cool. Like I could I could have picked up on that earlier on in the movie. Well, um this movie is so interesting because it begins like in a mine and they're all wearing... And it's like this guy in a mining outfit and like this woman. To which I asked Brie, I'm like, did miners actually look like that, or is this just that's like a what they wear when the they're movie? like first exploring, so that they so they can find out if it's safe to breathe down yeah. there. Well, it's, we're getting it's into like it. horrifying. It's like this woman takes off the mining suit, and I was like, there were no women in the mines. Oh no, yeah. So so it's I like said two, that. it's like two miners and um. They're both in these like uh, mining outfits. I would like to say it's a miner, not a miner. I was thinking about making that clarification. <laughs> Thank you for that, Brie. Um, like a person who mines for things, not a child. Yes. No, these are of age people, human beings that, that are in, in a Canada. They're in Canada. The movie takes Nova place in Scotia. No- we we were debating on Appalachia or Nova Scotia. Is it Appalachia, United States? Or is it Canada? And we were trying to pinpoint like the accents. And then he said the word a boat. And I was like. And sorry. And, and sorry. And we were like, that's that's Canada. Well, and then like later on in the movie, we're like. Everyone gets super Canadian. Everyone like gets midway. Super <laughs> no, like literally midway through the movie, everyone gets super Canadian. Ah, uh, piss on Harry Warden, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> like stuff like that, they start saying. And I'm like, okay, well. There's there's something that's different in this movie that I know I'm like popping around in different places, but that's what the podcast is about. There's, there's you don't have to go beat by beat. You know, I we normally do, but these are things that I'm just rolling off the top of my head that I was thinking about. Um, normally, like these horror movies, 
have a couple of different tropes to them. You know, we we have like the prophet, right? So in Friday the 13th, there was Ralph, the crazy guy from the town that's like, camp blood, camp blood, camp blood, whatever. You better not go there. You better not go there. And then in this movie, we have the bartender who's acting as that prophet. You better not make fun of Harry Warden. And then they're all making fun of Harry Warden. And in Friday the 13th, the crazy guy Ralph is just like, oop, I told them they shouldn't have gone and they're going to die. And in this one, the bartender's just like, you're a bunch of assholes. <laughs> like, it's not creative at all. He's just like, swears them out. Y'all suck. <laughs> it's like, you guys are stupid. Um, I noticed that. I noticed the trope of the prankster. Mm-hmm. There's always a prankster. And they always get it. Um. Yeah, he gets it pretty bad in this movie. Friday the 13th, I think in like every movie there's a prankster. Um Halloween, not not so much. I don't think there's any if you, can you think of in the Halloween franchise are there characters that are considered like the jokester or the prankster? The jokester. I'm thinking like there's one scene in Halloween 4, but they don't really uh, elaborate on that part of the character. There's Mike in Halloween 5, but he's not a prankster. He's just like a really hard greaser guy. Um, But I don't think there's any more other than other than that. Um, It's interesting to, to break down 80s slasher movies and be like, okay, I can tell exactly the formula that's at play here. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this movie breaks the formula at all. No, but... definitely not. But I thought it was good. Um, so, so we're in Nova Scotia. Yeah, and there's a sexy miner, and she's taking off her clothes. <laughs> you better rephrase that. There's a sexy <laughs> woman person, in a mine costume. Se- sexy woman <laughs> in a mine costume, and she takes. You want it, people taking? She takes her it off, and then of she that. goes to take off the mask of the guy, and he goes no, shakes his head no, and then she gets impaled. And it's then pretty graphic. It's too. pretty graphic. Um, and I was honestly then we surprised cu- at how graphic. And then this we movie cut was. to actual people in mines, like all dirty and gross, going up. Working boys. Working boys, like playing with each other, working saying stuff. Boys. And then they're taking showers. And this has to be the most homoerotic scene. <laughs> it, it really is. Because. They must They're have just told having the, fun in no, there. No, they must boys have told boys. the guys, like the background actors, to take towels and like start whipping each other with them, like because that, that's what they were all doing in like the background of the scene. You ever see Top Gun? You never seen Top Gun? No. Do they the, do that too? Yes, they do that. Do men do that in communal showers? I hate communal showers. I've never done it in my life. Actually, I have done it once, but nobody was in there. Um, I I like my privacy. You know, you know me, I don't, I don't really like using public restrooms. Um, so when I, I visited my, my friend's fraternity in college they have, and he went to, um, he went to DePaul in Indiana and I was like trying to take a shower because we were going to go out that night and he's like, oh, I just want to tell you like the showers are communal. I was like, what? <laughs> the showers are communal. I'm like, what do you guys all take showers together? He's like, yeah, we're all in the shower. And I was uh-huh. like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever heard in my life. But I was like, all right, I guess I'm just going to take a shower and like hope nobody comes in. Nobody came in, but it was like awkward and i was on edge the entire time. <laughs> well, they're like joking around and so we get introduced to to 
some of the main guys. I don't know all of their names. I know. Um, I got their names Hollis. by the end of it. I, Hollis is, is the dude with the handlebar mustache. A little bit heavy I love, set. I love his character because he just loves to party. He's the guy. He just wants a good time. And then there's he, that he, one he guy. He hates bad vibes. The one guy who, um, Mike, who was. Who's Mike? Mike was with Harriet. Who's Harriet? Harriet was the waitress from the bar. What? He's not like a big deal. Then we have Axel. We okay, have yeah, I know Axel. TJ. I know I know TJ. And then we have the one guy who looks who wears like the two small hat. The guy who wears the two small hat. Yes. What does that mean? Who went <laughs> the uh, two small who went, hat? Okay, all right. When the he thought his girlfriend was in the shower. The guy with the two small hat. The he guy can't. with the two I have no idea what that means. He had like the beanie that was like looked too small, it didn't like go down, it like stayed on the top Is this, of the Does he have head. orange hair? Yes. Okay, yes, I, I know what you're talking I don't about. His I don't name. remember is this Dave? Maybe. I don't know. So they're all like down there, they're joking around, then they go to the shower and they're t- joking and TJ had left for some time and his girlfriend Sarah, um, he left her too, and they had like broken up. And then now Sarah's with Axel and they make like a joke. And it kind of ruins the mood. But they're all going to go out into the bar. So then we have this like montage, this banjo montage, which is why I was like, what is going on here? This, like, where are we? <laughs> where are we with this banjo montage where they're like getting in the car to go to a bar? And we find out as they're driving into town that the name of the town is like Valentine. Valentine's Bluff. And so then we get like everything's decorated for Valentine's Day. And then you have the mayor and this old lady and they're talking about like, oh, this is the first Valentine's dance in 20 years. And um, the mayor is oh, like, can I interrupt you yeah. for a second? I'm looking at my notes and I want to bring this up because okay. it, there are very few times where I watch these movies and I understand the formula and then I call something and then I'm wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one of those times where I called something. I made a prediction and I was wrong on the prediction. Um, Hollis says in the beginning, he says something about that damn methane. One day we're going to all blow up. And I was, I remember looking at you and I said that mine's going to blow up by the end of the movie. And he was wrong. And I was like, this is Chekhov's methane. This is going to come into play at the end of the movie. And I was wrong. The methane never came into play. It was a one-off line. And I was like surprised that they did that. Because that seems like a moment where you're like, okay, we're referencing the methane and we're referencing the explosions. Now we can always refer back to that. And like that's going to come up later because it's something that you've established as being this like looming thing over the mine. But it never came back. No. Uh. So then uh. they're decorating for this Valentine's Day dance and the mayor is telling the old lady, well, let's not mention that it's the, the 20 years thing. Let's leave that alone. And he gets, uh, then the lady's like, oh, this little heart candy box came from you. And he's like, oh, heart candy. Haven't had that in so long. I love Valentine's candy more than I love um, like Christmas candy. So he gets into the the police car with the, the chief of police. And they're just kind of like hanging on. And he opens up the, like the thing as he's going through. And he reads the note. And it's like a rhyme about like, I, I told you not to do this and like you're doing it anyway. And then inside the chocolate box is a human heart. 
Yeah, okay, so I want to bring something up real quick here. And I might be popping around to different parts of the movie. Yes. But sticking on the idea of the human heart. They bring the human heart to like a doctor, like an autopsy specialist. They and the doctor... Autopsy. Why autopsy? And so they bring it to this guy to look at the heart because they don't know if it's human or not. And... The guy comes back with, yeah, it's human. <laughs> 30-year-old female to be exact. Like pinpoints exactly the correct response of whose heart this is. And I said, I am. Do they no, have the technology to do that in the eighties in 1981? I don't know. I'm no doctor. I'm no autopsy specialist. I don't know anatomy. I don't know what makes a human heart, a human heart, but I have to imagine that it's very difficult to just look at a heart and be like 30 year old female. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how do you look at that and immediately a distinguish that it's a female. Is this a male heart and a female heart look different? I don't know. Or is a heart a heart? I don't know. And then I think secondly, men's hearts are bigger. Secondly, determine the exact age of the person. Does the heart get like I, shriveled I don't, I upon don't, old age? I don't know. I have no idea. I have no idea how Do this I look stuff like runs, a doctor? but I have to imagine like my first... I don't think it's distinguishable to us as the layman, but maybe to him, the specialist. He, that guy's got to be a pretty good doctor to be like, I can look at this heart and I can determine exactly who wore it. <laughs> you know, I thought that was a little outrageous. But I again, I'm no doctor. Doctors who are listening to the podcast, please. We apologize. You know, if I'm wrong and this is very easy to distinguish and determine, then then tell me I'm an idiot, please. And then we get the background about, like, why 20 years ago they stopped doing Valentine's Day dance. Well, because 20 years ago, um, seven miners were all still, people who work in the mine were still by the mine on the day of the Valentine's dance. The two supervisors who were supposed to be checking the methane levels decided they didn't want to wait anymore for the five guys below, so they were going to leave. And since they weren't checking the methane levels, the... Mine blew up and all five men were stuck down there and they were stuck down there for six weeks. And when they found them, only one man was alive and he was had eaten all the rest of the guys. And then a year later, it's after a pretty messed up backstory yeah. too, like that they created based on this. So like what they would do when creating these like holiday themed slasher movies is they would have the title first and come up with the movie second. And it's actually a pretty creative backstory. Like the Jason thing in Friday the 13th is, you know, not that creative. Kid drowns. Mom wants to get revenge. This one, it's like pretty gruesome. And it's, I, I think what makes this movie, dare I say, better than the original Friday the 13th as a holiday themed slasher movie is I do think we we take a lot of time to get to know our main characters and we take a lot of time to establish the town. We take a lot of time to establish the mythology that's at play here. Um, I don't think it's something where this movie just glosses over it. Like they do. It's very easy to gloss over that stuff, but instead it's like whoever wrote this movie took the time to make this like very intricate backstory of Harry uh, I was going to say Styles, not Harry Styles. <laughs> Harry Warden 
and the miners and the the killings and everything. I I can appreciate that. And I feel like we get to know our main characters very well here. Like, I know what makes TJ tick. I know what makes Axel tick up until he is revealed as the killer later on. But Spoiler. I, yeah. <laughs> I know I know kind of like where Sarah what what she's all about as a character. The only one I guess the character that I have the most idea of who that is in the essence of the character is Hollis. Because like I said before, I think Hollis is just there for a good time. Mm-hmm. He just wants the good vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that I think needs a little bit more work is Howard, the um, the prankster. He's an archetype. And I think you need to expand on the archetype a little bit. You know, he's going to die anyway. Who cares? Well, Why not? after the first kill, it doesn't take too long for the killer to set his sights on the next kill, which is the charming old woman who is bringing back the dance. He follows her into her laundromat that she owns, puts a box of chocolate, and it kind of says, um, roses are red, violets are blue. I'm so going to kill someone you. Someone is dead and like and you you will be too and then she gets killed is that what it says or did you just make that no up? i think that is what it says oh, okay. it might i might be wrong but like that because you're like- normally like really good at making up those kinds of rhymes like on the spot so story time <laughs> we were at a christmas party and they were playing like jackbox games, jackbox games and there was a rap battle there was a rap battle game about robots and it was me and brie and i am horrible at coming up with that with rhymes on the spot hence why i'm no musician but you are so good at it and people are like wow people people were impressed i, I was impressed something I, I remember rhyming squirtle with something else yeah you said you did something with the squirtle and then you did something with pete davidson and then it was before pete davidson got like a little bit more famous and people were like, who's pete davidson like you uncultured swine swines you don't watch snl um anyway so this poor old lady gets pickaxed and her heart is put in like this box oh, she gets it bad though like they mutilate and they put, her they put her in a dryer for like an unknown amount of time where she gets like cooked mm-hmm. it's terrible um so needless to say the um the mayor is terrified and he knows that um the guy there his fear is confirmed they that's when they call the mental hospital and they're like well i don't know where he is he either was released transferred or dead she she said he was either released um released transferred or on a slab is what she said in the movie they they say a lot of different things in this movie where i was like i don't know what the hell you're talking about one girl tells a guy suck it in and zip it up I and I know what zip it up means. Yeah. Suck it in? Like suck in your gut? I guess. <laughs> and then like we have this back like this back story B of like this Axel TJ thing fighting for Sarah. And so like all the guys are hanging out just the guys at like a like a um like a shop. Yeah, I wrote no, I wrote this down because I thought I this said it was, was a harmonica crazy. duo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I was like, so this is what they do in Nova Scotia. They hang around drinking Jack Daniels and junkyards and do, play the harmonica. <laughs> and then, this is what they did in the 80s. And this is where like, then they say the old lady died of a heart attack. And like, 
the kids are like, well, if we're not going to have a Valentine's dance, then we're going to do our own thing. And then this is, they, they have this, like, they're having it by the minds and like, I think we're, the- sk- we're skipping around a little bit. Um, so they do the harmonica jam session and then Axel and TJ get like mad at each other because they start talking about the girl. Um, uh, she's going with me now, he says. Well, and- no, cause like, like Axel and Sarah are dating, but then like TJ kind of like goes and like kid kidnaps. You um, say Sarah, kidnaps, but it's she, not. A she wanted to go with him. Yeah, like and she he takes her to like the 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 ocean and they kind of like talk about like I still love you and they they kiss and then we have the but like TJ and Axel are like friends. Frenemies. But not friends. Like, you know, you know like, like they're they're that they're like they're a person in your friend group that you're like, we're friends, but like we're not really that I close. Have nobody we're not really not, in that in that my friend group that is I can say There's no one like that. there's no one that if we broke up that but you go would, on. that you would say, Oh, that person would probably not no that there's no so. none of those none of your friends would ever like date someone that you broke up I with. I did so there was somebody like that in the past with okay maybe I have been in this situation before with my ex um I I have I'm remain nameless um I had a, it was more in like grammar school high school and uh he was in my friend group we were very very good friends at the time and um more more so in in high school this guy this guy was like convinced he was in love with my my girlfriend at the time and i was like eh he's no threat he's no threat so and he wasn't a threat but um because you know she she's going with me (laughs) (laughs) and um i guess so we we were friends and like we're unfriendly friends on facebook and everything and um but yeah that was like a I, I guess I was in a situation like that where it's like we're cool with each other, but like there is like a little tension there about this girl. I guess I have been in that situation before See, now I'm, that I think about it. So stop being a butt. Okay. Um, well, maybe I'm wrong. So there is like that background. Then we have after that scene, they do this where we're going to have the party at the mines. Um, not in the mind, but like at like in like the mess hall. In the mind? You the said minds. The, mind. the mind. Shut up. It's all in his mind. And th- this is where I wrote teen beach movie party. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like I, we're all do 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 music, beer, let's uh, hot dogs. Let's have fun. Oh yeah. They're, they're boiling dogs. <laughs> they're boiling <laughs> some glizzies. Some, they're, they got the glizzies in a pot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I like how the glizzy pot comes into play. I know. Uh, they bring <laughs> the glizzies. Um, they, I mean, they got the food. I don't think there's anything bad happening in this party. You got a bunch of like who what I am assuming are like 22, 23 year old people hanging out in a recreational center, making hot dogs, drinking beer, listening to music and playing pool. Tell me, tell me, Brie, what's what's wrong about that? There's nothing wrong nothing about wrong. that, at least in like Scream when they all get to Stu's house. You can say, well, they're all high schoolers and they're underage. They're not supposed to be there. No, this is like they're all like of age people drinking. Yeah, you can. I know the police are like, nobody's doing anything on Valentine's Day. But it's like. Like footloose to Valentine's Day. And. What are we in Beaumont? Yeah. And the kids are like, well, I should not say kids because they're like 23 year old people. 
um, they are allowed to hang out in the recreational center. They're, nobody's doing drugs. No, they're all there's, just there's like, no weed smoking. There's no like meth doing drinking, not even hard alcohol. They're all drinking it's beer. beer. Yeah, there's no there's no liquor or anything. It's just moosehead, which is like our first. That was my first red, not red flag. My first flag about. Yeah, we're in Canada, not in Appalachia. Appalachia. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're doing anything wrong in the recreational center. But, yeah, it's like Teen Beach movie where everyone's just, like, having a good time. Everyone's, like, happy to be there. And then we hit third act, which is just where all the killing starts Everybody happening. is in one place. It's the same thing with this. So everyone's in one place. It's time. The killing is the killing is on. Yeah. First person who dies. It's is, easier to ra- ta- tally up the body count at this point. Um. Well, before that even happens, there's a scuffle between TJ and Axel about which is Sarah. hilarious. This is a Where, hilarious. Okay, so scuffle. they're like getting in, getting into it, and Hollis goes over and tries to break him up, no, and no, Axel leaves. And we- as he leaves, <laughs> he grabs a beer, turns around, opens it as he leaves. I'm like, that is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Okay, I want to break down this fight scene because I did write it down. And I thought this, the fight scenes in this movie, plural, are incredible. Um, so, oh, yeah, the bartender died. We missed that. Did we oh, talk about that? No, I didn't. Oh, the bartender dies. Um, <laughs> um, unimportant, so not even interesting. Another guy dies by hot dog. The de- via yeah. hot dog. So he goes to go get a glizzy, and then, and then so much. And then the miner put like the the guy in the mine man outfit who's supposed to be Harry um, Styles guy <laughs> puts his head into the boiling glizzy water. Which, uh, to be honest, it probably wasn't that hot of glizzy water because it wasn't boiling. Yeah, no, you're you're right. So you're it's probably absolutely like right. lukewarm glizzy water. Like we're supposed <laughs> to believe he died. Okay. Maybe drown, but Maybe. then we see that guy's body and he's like all burnt. He's all cut up. He's all kidding. <laughs> um so that guy dies by hot dog and then um Sylvia and Dave. I think his name's Dave. So Sylvia and Dave, they go off to, you know, do the do and Dave leaves Sylvia to go get beer. And while he's gone, I'll be right back. While he's gone, the guy in the the Harry, who we're supposed to assume is Harry, um, like is torturing her. Turns on all the showers. It's a really cool scene. Makes honestly, we wrote down it was the best kill of the movie. Probably. I would say best kill. Yep. So he pulls down all the mining outfits, come down to scare her, and then the showers are on. She goes to look in the showers. It's like the the killer he grabs her and shoves her up on the spoke of the water so then when dave comes back in he finds her mouth open and the water's coming out yeah it's cool i wish they would have shown show, it showed they it probably didn't have the budget to no, show it. they so i did do a little bit of research did about they have it it was heavily censored uh. um the mpaa was like up their ass about it and um, so they cut that out and there's an extended version, like an unrated version where it is shown. Um, there's an extended version with five minutes added to the movie, which is basically extended death scenes or more gruesome death scenes. Um, but yeah, you know, the MPAA these days is pretty chill. I think they're definitely not as, um, you know, well, that's why we have rated crazy. R. That's why we have rated well, R. Well, 
No, so the re- so in the eighties when all these slasher movies and like we were we were toying around with vulgarity a lot yes. in the eighties with like well, that's pink, why all pink the, flamingos. You could and see stuff. like boobies all the time in eighties movies. Yes, we're we're it's the first time where the late seventies and eighties where movies are trying to flirt with the idea of being offensive and being vulgar, being gruesome, be, having nudity in them. And the MPAA at this time, because we're in the 80s, and who do you think's in charge in the 80s? In the in the mid-80s. Conservative America, the moral majority, right? You have Reagan America. So you have a lot of conservative Americans that are kind of outraged at the gruesomeness of it because we want family values and we don't want to influence people. So the MPAA is also influenced by politics of the time. Um, I read that my bloody Valentine was influenced by the death of John Lennon. Cause like that just happened. So they wanted to tone down the violence in response to that. But the MPAA goes crazy in the eighties about what to include and what to not include. So movies had to go through these like heavily edited processes to be able to not get an NC-17 rating. Movie got an NC-17 rating, you basically can't release it. And you can't make as much money as you would if you give it a typical R rating. So movies had to tone down a lot, do creative editing to make sure that they were hitting the R rating and passing by the standards of the MPAA. Um, So a lot of movies like in in the 80s are gruesome, but it gets toned down a lot in like the late 80s and like the early 90s. Uh, Scream, talking about Scream, Scream 3 was a victim of that as well. Um, Scream 3 notably doesn't have a lot of gore or like heavy violence in it. And it was a response to Columbine. Columbine had just happened like right before Scream 3 was being made. And everybody was so taken aback by it that they didn't want the violence and the the um, brutality of horror movies in there. So Scream 3 suffers a lot because of the zeitgeist of the time or the social, you know, uh, situations in America at the time. It just happens with these horror movies. But uh, anyway... So after that, as a, as a your local historian, yes, you know, after um the Sylvia death, that's when everyone kind oh, of they free- start they start fighting. This is where I wanted to go, and I got cut off because I was, I was, I think we were going a little out of order. But TJ and Axel start fighting over Sarah, and it kind of ruins the vibe of the party. It's a bit awkward. So TJ, out of nowhere, just goes, "That's it." And he turns around and he, like, awkwardly takes a swing at Axel. And Axel dodges it, grabs his hand, and then they have this weird, like, back and forth between the two. Where it's very obvious they're not hitting each other. Or it's, mm. it's like, awkwardly choreographed. And then we get that scene where an angry Axel punch dances his rage out of the door. I just thought the way he opened up here was crazy. <laughs> he... It's like it's it, like the director and then it's told like when him, he turned around, he was turning around while opening the beer, and he like, it's this motion that he makes where he just like flicks it open as he's walking away angrily. So like you can see the beer like fly out of the can a little bit, um, 
it's so weird because I feel like the director might have told him just just do everything. Right now. <laughs> just like be as be as dramatic as humanly possible. Well, like because like the way he opens the door is like a it's well no have you ever th- seen that, that fight happened before sylvia died yes because um, when Sil- after sylvia dies dave rushes back in to tell everyone that harry's yeah. here and then we have axel tj um get told hey a bunch of hollis took um patty sarah you interrupted and me before i was finishing mike harriet but okay and that the funny guy what was his name howard howard down to the mines yes and so now Axel and TJ have to go rescue these people before they get killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they were, and TJ said, go get the sheriff. I was going to make more comments about Axel's dramatic display as he left, but I think the time, the time's the time, passed. The time's passed you interrupted me and then we couldn't, I was going to say, it was like, have you ever seen Wet Hot American Summer? Yes. Um, you know Paul Rudd's character yes. where he just, when <laughs> he throws the plates on the ground and like dramatically goes and picks them up again. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of like a five year old being told that they have to pick up their crayons off the floor and like being dramatic and not wanting to do it. Um, okay, so where were we? Um, everyone, people are going to go tell the sheriff and Axel and. Um, TJ go down to get Hollis Howard. Can I can I say that going down into the mines has to be the stupidest decision that all of these characters oh, make? Oh, 100%. This has got to be the dumbest thing in the world. First of all, you shouldn't be going down there unprotected. You know what I mean? I know like that you're going down with people that actively work inside the mines, but after hours, especially on the day that everyone's worried there's a killer out there, please don't go down the freaking mines, you dinguses. But they go down in the mines anyway. TJ and Axel are left, you know, trying to rescue them from the mines. And everybody else goes and tells the police in the town. So the police uh, are on their way over to the mines as well. So TJ and Axel get down there. But meanwhile, the rest of the cast is uh, kind of drifting off on their own in in the mine shaft. So who are the two, the, the waitress and the other guy? Um, That is Mike and Harriet. They go off on their own to do a little sexy times and uh, they get like they get impaled, impaled. And that Hollis goes off to find them on his own. Well, so they hear um, who they believe is Harry uh, Styles in the mine, the mine shaft breaking, yeah, breaking uh, lights so, in the mine shaft. So like, okay, someone's coming. So TJ's like, I'm gonna go try to find Mike and Harriet. Hollis, you go also go try to find Mike and Harriet. Girls, you stay here with Howard. That's also a dumb decision. Dumb. So when Hollis goes off to find Mike and Harry, he finds them dead, but then he gets nail gunned in the head. I thought they just shot him. No, it was I thought a it nail was an gun. actual gun at first. I'm like, it reminded me of that Austin Powers scene that we keep quoting all the time when we watch One Piece, where it's like uh, Seth Green's characters like, I've got a, I've gun, got a gun, gun in my I room. I'll, let's just just kill him. I could just shoot him right now. <laughs> um. Then. 
like he stumbles back and his girlfriend patty she's like having a hard time and we we said patty looks familiar the actress who plays I, patty but, but then i looked of, her up and i, I was couldn't like see. no I she just she, has like a familiar looking face uh-huh. do you think she looks like um mia goth mia goth yeah no i don't think Mia Is goth. a little bit like in the, like the roundness no. of the face she looks like she looks like else. some like a modern actress. Yes, but I can't pinpoint who she might look like. I know it's gonna bother me for days. Yeah, because I did also look up her filmography, and I was oh like, "Have God. I seen her in something?" I felt before? like I've seen her before. So then we have like now we have Patty, Sarah. Oh, Axel and TJ did a whole wardrobe change before they went down into the mines. Too. Oh, and they did. Then they didn't even like have us know that time passed. I thought it was right away they were leaving. It, no, they had to change. I don't, yeah, they went into an entire work wardrobe. But now knowing the twist at the movie, I understand why they did that wardrobe change. Because they're going down in the mines. They got to, you know, not well, get dirty. Well, yes, that. But also when they reveal that Axel is the killer, they got to get him in the costume. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's the same thing with like um, uh, when in every Halloween movie when Michael Myers returns, it's like he kills a mechanic. Mm-hmm. And the only reason he kills the mechanic is for the outfit. Is for the outfits to get him in the costume. Well, then we have Patty, Sarah, Axel, and TJ trying to get out of the mine, and they are also trying to find Howard. So they they end up going finding like um this like ladder because like the elevator's out. This is a really cool. So scene they start too. climbing the ladder, and then all of a sudden Howard's like body comes down. And his head gets like well torn off his Patty, body. Patty, who has just seen her boyfriend die, die. And she's having a she's hard like time. She's paralyzed in fear, and she's like, "I can't do this," and she's freaking out. And I feel like I've seen this situation in a horror movie before, but I can't put my finger on where I've seen it. Um, for the life, I've been thinking about it since we watched the movie. I can't put my finger on where I've seen it, where it's like a situation where. It's like basically life or death where the characters are climbing a ladder or they're like on the side of a house or like shimmying on something. And, and it's like, you have to do this. You and have like, to do I'm this. I can't, I can't do exactly. it. Exactly. You know what, you know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? And I was like, I feel like I've seen this in a horror movie before, but I can't put my finger on which horror movie. And then that person ends up dying as a result of their fear of not progressing forward. Patty doesn't die because she can't progress forward in this part. But it did remind me of that, like, tension building scene where it's like, you have to go. You have to go. There were a time contingent. You have to go. And um, they're going up this ladder. It reminds me of what? Uh, if you can pinpoint the, this no no me. the jurassic park scene where like they're trying to get out and it's like you've got to go because the dinosaur is freaking coming yeah it could be that man this is gonna bother me until i know I, figure it out. I know well then they they're like well we can't go up this ladder anymore so now we gotta find a different way and axel's like i have a shortcut to that little um mining car ride up the up and it he kind of like he falls into like this like 60 foot it's off camera off camera falls into this like thing of 60 foot deep thing of water Mm -hmm. and tj's like i can't do anything we just got to keep going so now we're down to tj sarah and patty oh no yeah patty's with them too and they're trying to get on the rail car to go up while they're trying to get onto the rail car to get up 
Um, we have the oh the killer Harry, com- and he pickaxes Patty in like the the stomach the stomach. So we're down Patty. So now we only have. Sarah I was disappointed when Patty TJ. died. Honestly, I know. And this is where we finally get TJ and the and the killer in the same place. This so fight it, scene is so laughable. it cannot be TJ. Yes, the fight scene is laughable because they're on these cars. The cars are not going fast at all, and it's like pickaxe versus shovel, and it's like the most horribly choreographed it's, slow it's fight scene. Very slow. It's like it's very slow and. There's a scene where Sarah like jumps off of the train like, car and then she like bangs her head on her forehead on the wall, like trying to give the indication that she was like forced off. And because she was forced off, the momentum pushed her into the wall. But like, she very clearly like leaped off of there. Yeah. And then we get a cut scene to like some guys driving like an absolute lunatic. Like someone just said move the wheel back and forth, back and forth to tell the sheriff, you got to get Harry's here. You got to get down to the mine. Wasn't that before this? This is way before. Well, I'm just because we forgot to say it. Oh, yeah. And so now I think everybody in this town drives like an absolute lunatic. The police and the mayor are now coming down the mine shaft at the same time they're trying to go up. Yes. Can I interrupt you for a moment to talk about? You're trying to you're trying to go too fast where we need to break some stuff down. Everybody in this town drives like an absolute mad person and a lunatic. That's not the only time when people can't drive their car in this movie. There's also the scene where TJ leaves the mine after having an argument with Axel and the way he pulls away, he like he's supposed to make a right turn to get out of the parking lot and he moves his like it's the way he drives his car is like it goes left then it goes right and then it goes left again and then he makes the right turn like it's it swerves around like these these people have no idea how to drive a car because they grew up in nova scotia and they don't know i I don't know about nova scotia i'm just saying like that i've never seen anybody handle a car like that before (laughs) in like normal (laughs) life She's yawning. No, my feet are cold. I'm oh. trying. I'm trying to reach you to put to no, put my little, feet. You're a little far away from me by this table. To put my feet on tables. Tables, Eddie Monster, my tables. <laughs> what is her job? Tables. Tables. I want no questions about the tables. Well, then we have this like epic fight. <laughs> epic. <laughs> she epic said fight. Epic fight. And then they move <laughs> into like this, like the part of the abandoned part of the mine that says danger, like don't go in here. And the bad guys swinging this pickaxe and like knocking down like supporting oh, beams yeah. of this like mine, and we're like, oh my gosh, I'm like the mine's gonna fall. Like he's knocking down support beams. I was like, I looked at you. I'm like, this guy better stop swinging like a maniac in there. And then like Sarah's helping fight back, and then we get like the big reveal of they the, rip off his mask, yes, and it's Axel. Yes, and then they they do a flashback. It's like a a very brief slam into when one of the guys that harry uh uh styles kills in uh like the year after the the accident was was axel's Axel's dad dad. and axel was in the room hiding under the bed when it happened he saw it happen okay so that happens they show us that and then 
uh, when the police rescue TJ and Sarah, TJ, uh, or no, the police officer says, Axel was a little boy and they, they, uh, Harry killed his dad in front of him. And I was, and even right, you saw it. it, you said it and it was like, yeah, Didn't they just know. tell us that? They, they showed us that already. Why are show, they telling us? Show, not tell. And then, unfortunately, you know, the mind, the part of that mind starts to collapse. Like, Axel's gone. And he's like, it, was, it wasn't it was Harry, it was Axel. And they're like, we know because we got a call from that place. And <laughs> Oh, Kaido is... Barking at something. Kaido's barking. And they're like... Oh, my God. Shut up, little dog. Someone might be at our door. Nobody's at our door. Well, why would he be barking like that? Because he probably saw a car outside or another dog walking outside. And that's what he does when he sees other things that aren't normally things that he sees outside. I guess. Anyway. And then he's like, well, they're like, well, we know because the people called us back. And he Harry's been dead for five years. Dun dun dun. And then Axel's like, "I'm going to get them, Harry. Everyone." Oh, in they're this like, town. "No, he's alive in there because they didn't they stab him or something. How did they kill him or think he's, that they killed him?" Um, I forget. I missed that. I forget. I'm, oh man, I missed it. I think I was on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I forget because I took a shower and I was too busy thinking about other stuff. So they do something where they escape and they think he's dead, but he's not dead. And then he runs away like a maniac screaming that he's going to kill everybody. And then the movie ends and the end credits song is, is an, a banger. And he's like, this is a good song. They hired someone to write a song about this movie. They, they hired like some country artists to write a song based on the mythology of the movie. And that's how you make a good song for a I love movie. it I love it it's a shame that the Oscars did not nominate that for best original song in 1981 but what else are we gonna do what are you Brian? gonna do you what can't make people do? like things what did you think about this movie I liked it I thought it was okay I thought for the time like period surprised. for the time period it was you have to think like Friday the 13th my bloody valentine new year's evil like April Fool's Day. All those happening yeah. around the same time. This Prom one night. this one did it better than Friday the thirteenth in the terms of story. A who, a Just story. Like a who done it in the story. The mm-hmm. story's better. I mean, Friday the thirteenth is a better slasher movie. The kills are way cooler. It's um yes, the kills are way cooler in Friday the thirteenth. It it's more of a classic household name but i don't think it's because of the first movie i think it's because of the sequels the my, sequels bl- are my the bloody best. valentine never got a sequel so you don't have the opportunity to do that yeah so there was actually an unofficial sequel there was an indiegogo campaign a few years ago where somebody was like i really want to make a sequel to my bloody valentine we're going to crowdfund it and we're just going to make like a fan film and they did make like they got the funding and they made a fan film sequel, which I think we should watch later and see what it's about. I don't is think it's a, a sequel whole... to 2009 or a sequel no, to... it's a sequel to 1981. Uh-huh. It's called like My Bloody Valentine's Day, like Valentine's Bluff or something like that. Um, So I have to ask Anthony, how scary is it? Not very. Not very. Scary. Not very. I maybe give it like a. What did we give Friday the 13th? Uh, let me double check. I because it. I would probably put it at the same scary level. That's Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th, we gave a 3.2. I would probably give it like a 3.2, 3.1. 
Yeah, I'm going to go 3-2. I'm going to give it the same on the scary scale. But I think it rates better on the best, on how what good you, is it. I think we gave Friday the 13th different numbers on the good scale. The Wow, we were very generous to Friday the 13th. We gave it like a 7.6? 7.6. I would say this is like maybe an 8. I thought the story was good. I'm going 8.0. I think it was a good it was a good story. Like the story was good. It was better than the story of Friday the Thirteenth. I'm excited to eventually not now because we can't do it, the sequels yet. It's we just did the first one, but I'm excited to go back to the Friday the Thirteenth sequels because they get better when we have like now our supernatural being mm-hmm. of Jason. Would you have rather? Do you like what they did in My Bloody Valentine where it's like one of us? It's a cast member that is. I like that. Or do, you, or do you want it to be supernatural? Would you have rather you either have supernatural? You either have to do supernatural being or you have to do it to someone we already know. Mm-hmm. Well, Friday the 13th did the first time. That was fucking dirty. I know. I'm so, I'm so mad dirty. about that still. Because like it was not someone we know and it was not a supernatural being. That's just fucking dirty. Yeah. No, I agree. Like, I agree. I feel I feel betrayed a little bit. I was bit. betrayed. I was like, oh my gosh. They really like they really like we're just like, here's this uh she was. There's no way in. we could have guessed it. Like you can't even guess who it was. Like you couldn't even say this is who I think it is. Mm-hmm. No, I Bogus. agree. I agree. So I'm happy that they kind of because this movie comes out a year after Friday the thirteenth. I'm glad that they took that very negative thing that Like that, that was movie a criticism did. and people were pissed about it. Well, I don't know at the time if people were mad about it. We were mad about it, though. Well, As movie, you know, in our 2023 mindset where we have, like, had so many other whodunits that have operated that way where I feel like, you know, you can't just shoehorn a character in and be like, the deus ex, it's a deus ex machina character. You can't just say, all of a sudden, this is the person. And guess what? You never could have guessed it. I I don't like that. I could Joke's have never you. guessed it. Either tell me or don't tell me. Yes. Who it is. And this is where I think Scream comes into play very well, where it's like Scream takes all of these, like all the best parts of all of these OG slasher movies, like Halloween and Friday the 13th and My Bloody Valentine even, and capitalizes on the criticisms that you would give those movies and utilizes all of the positives in order to make a really good, effective meta commentary on a slasher movie. It's good stuff. Speaking of that, Scream 6 coming out pretty soon. Uh, I'm as excited. A, as of this recording, as of the release of this, uh, it'll be out already. So what did you think of Scream 6, Brie? Uh, fantastic. Loved it. Loved, Loved it. it. I Amazing. Guess. When are we going to go see that? That's the question. Next, well, the we- As of this recording next week when it comes out. We'll find time. We're going to be so busy. But... I have done a very good job. Usually I spoil things for myself online. I've stayed away. I've yet? stayed away from this movie. I haven't seen really anything about it other than that one trailer, which I also thought was like too much. Um, I know that the movie leaked online like last week. The ending of the movie leaked. I've been trying to avoid it as best as I can. And... Uh, I felt like with Scream 5, when we saw that, I had ruined the movie for myself on Reddit beforehand. I had spoiled it. And then I was sitting in the theater watching it with you and saying to myself, I I, I really wish I didn't spoil I would have had a better experience if I didn't spoil it. 
Um, so I'm not going to spoil it for myself Good. this time. And I'm, I'm going to go in and I'm going to be surprised. And I'm going to try to call it while we watch the movie. Um, I'm going to see if I can predict who who's, the, ki- yeah, who the who's killer the might be. be. Do you think in Scream 5 you would have called who the killer was? You called the killer right away. Well, you knew who the killer was. I can't yeah. say that. Yeah. Yeah. But, I, but I did make a point that you could have you could have called it right away based on some stuff that was said in the movie. I just think I'm going to be really paying attention. Yeah. I'm going to have my... my Because you got to figure out who it is. I'm going to be eagle-eyed. You know yeah, eagle-eared. I mean? Yeah. What if they do... What, what if Owl-eared? they do... What if they do a Friday the 13th and it's like nobody that we know? It's just like a random person. A Friday the 13th? Person. What if they do something like Friday the 13th where they shoehorn a character in at the very end? I would be pissed off. I would be <laughs> pissed off. I'd be like, no, the whole point of Scream is to somebody that we already know. Mm-hmm. Like That's the whole point of this, this thing. Yeah. Anyway, I'm excited to see it. Me too. Me too. And I'm very happy we watched My Bloody Valentine because this was a movie we chose like kind of on a whim. Yeah, because we, we were, were like, we got to do a podcast. And we wanted a 90 minute banger. We wanted a non-complex horror movie. And I think and we got like a really good story of something we've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Neither of us have seen before. This and is it's- the essence of this rebranding of the podcast where it's like we can just pick a movie that might be random and we can watch it and we can come talk about it. Because that's like what we were missing with before. Like we used to do reviews and it's like reviews are fun. But like the fun part now is like we've never seen these movies before. Mm-hmm. And now you get like our fresh take on them. Fresh. 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 Gotta be fresh. 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 Okay. I'm hungry. It's all get out. I want a pizza. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno in my freaking belly. All right. Then let's wrap it up. Brie. Um. Tell, tell us about it. Um, we have social medias. I don't know them yet, but they're going to be coming <laughs> In out. The ether. They're going to be coming out soon. Um, I'm trying. Ide- I- ideas are facts. Feelings are facts. I'm just like focusing right now on like my teacher brand. So I haven't been like putting a lot of you work. You want to plug it? Um, I am that fairly odd teacher. Like that fairly, not fairy, fairly odd teacher. Like you know yeah you know we get it yeah <laughs> uh i got a tiktok i haven't posted any tiktoks yet but i do have an instagram and i have a teachers pay teachers if you're a teacher out there and you want to you know get some um sort categorizing and sorting stuff done because it's really i i make in um worksheets as i go what i'm seeing i need for my students so there's just gonna be more available as time goes on nice good stuff um as per the how scary is it social media is I'm going to make them. It's just like I ha- already have three Instagrams. Do you want me to have four Instagrams? That's yes. five Instagrams. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I have like my personal Instagram, my teacher Instagram. Then I have my business Instagram. And now that I don't even run that business anymore, I could pretty much change the business Instagram over to the podcast Instagram. Do it. Yeah, do it. And um, we already have followers. And then you can find me at GLDTV on Twitter. And you can find me retweeting Biden AI's generated voices about skin and I mean, I do have a Twitter. Oh, but... the one where he's like, we bought a zoo is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> My fellow Americans, I made a mistake. I bought a I zoo. Bought a zoo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, if you want some good uh, Biden AI content, you can follow Anthony on Twitter. Um, just stay tuned. I'll probably have everything up and running by like maybe three podcasts from now. 
um you're on the clock i know i'm like <laughs> setting a time frame for myself three podcasts from now you have to have it plugged all righty why don't we wrap it up so um you can come back next week rate us five stars on wherever you get your podcast you can also find us wherever you get your podcast we're on a bunch of different platforms we will be back uh next week with movie tbd we don't know yet but that's it'll the be beauty a, of it right it'll be a surprise it's a surprise um so for the How Scary Is It podcast, my name is Anthony. And I'm Bree. And uh, I hope you are scared. I got to get a sign-off phrase. Don't get skin Don't get skin